I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow. Mixed with tequila and wine. On an empty stomach. You're goddamn right it does. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Long Walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. This podcast today is being brought to you by Nirvana Babies. How many can we fit on one album cover? Also, going to get into a, uh, a quick Twitter thing that I read the other day that I thought was very interesting and just something that's kind of been floating around our ethos for a long time, and nobody's got the, the cojones to really bring it up. Not this podcaster. We're taking deep dives. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, get your merchandise from a long walk to Cleveland at my website, rudypovich.com. Also, September 9th, Twin Cities Film Fest, uh, going to be showing my short film, Raising a Daughter, and then doing about uh, 10, 15 minutes of stand-up afterwards. That'll be in West End. If you want to get tickets, you can hop. I'll share the link soon. Or if you just want to get on, uh, I got a f- couple of free passes. Hit me up. I'll make sure you guys get in. Not a problem. Uh, yeah, a lot going on today. So we're just going to hop right into it. So I was uh, walking around Twitter the other day. I don't like when people say surfing. I was surfing around Twitter the other day. I was surfing the internet. Uh, what's up, sissy? Nice to see you. Uh, I love TK711. Good morning to you. Haven't seen you on the live feed before, but hey, thanks for showing up. Anna, good morning. What's up, Elizabeth? Hi, Amanda. Uh, Maximilian, what's up? What's up, Wyatt? Always the first to join, my man. Love it, dude. Right on. Uh, I was, uh, like I said, I don't like surfing around the internet. I think it feels weird to say surfing. I was walking around the internet. And I came across this question. I'll give you guys a moment to go ahead and think of a couple, and then you can go ahead and answer, and then we'll get to them in just a moment. But uh, this was posed on Twitter just the other day. It says, uh, hey, Film Twitter, I got a question. We all know red flag movies, Fight Club, The Joker, etc., that we can all spot on site. But is there any green flag movies, movies that you hear someone say that make you instantly trust or like that person? So if you think about it, think about like some of the films that you watched as a kid or some of the movies that you've seen recently, which is funny because they say red flag movies like Fight Club and the Joker. I love those movies, but probably for the different reasons that everybody else loves them. I know like it's, you know, the film critic to be like, well, it's actually much more of a play on society than it is about like the violence, you know, and uh, Tyler Durden and the blah, blah, blah. Now, that's why I like it. It's just me sitting down for two hours and Watching Brad Pitt run around with no shirt on and blow shit up. What's wrong with that? I'm a big fan. There's nothing wrong. The Joker? Amazing movie. Probably one of the... That might be top five. If you haven't seen it, Joaquin Phoenix, it is... I saw that movie in the theater. I was by myself. And the lady who was sitting kind of kitty corner from me, one row over and about four rows... uh, Or about one row up and about four seats over. The scene... When he's on the talk show with Robert De Niro, and if you ha- if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to ruin it. This is the one movie I'm not going to ruin for somebody because it's that good. You need to watch it in its entirety because it is more than just about the backstory of how a supervillain. I mean, it is like it is such an interesting take on mental health and where we're at in society and how we treat people with mental health and what they. It is it is a fascinating movie. And I don't want to give anything away, but there's a scene that happens in, in on a talk show with Robert De Niro. And when it happened, it's very sudden and jarring. 
And the woman sitting like, you know, two seats over from me screamed out loud. Oh my God, filled the entire theater. And I was like, lady, didn't you know what you were getting into? I mean, we kind of knew what this was, right? Like this was supposed to be a super gritty version of the Joker story. So how people say that's a red flag movie, I don't know. But if you're just hopping on the uh, Instagram live feed, it is called a green light movie. It is a movie that you hear somebody that they, they somebody says, oh my God, I love that movie. And you're like, oh, oh my God, I, you're such, I trust you. You're a good person because you love that movie. Uh, I, throw some in the comments. I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. I got a couple of mine that you probably may or may not have seen. But if, uh, if you were like a 90s baby, you know, although I guess technically an 80s baby who sort of like came of age in the 90s, there's a couple in there that, because I'm a big fan. Like I watched a movie the other day, I think it was called Save Us. Let's Save Us. I can't remember what it was. I made the suggestion. Somebody watched it. It was like these little poofball aliens. I love the movie. Thought it was excellent. Somebody watched it went, that's a huge piece of shit. I can't believe you recommend a movie like that. And I said, yeah, but I also recommend Saving Private Ryan. Like you can do both. It's okay. I recommend Saving Private Ryan and Legally Blonde. Like my pendulum swings wide. I don't just have the one. No, I'm good with that. So yeah, please. I'm seeing everybody starting to throw some comments in about that, their movies. Please put some in the comments. I'll come back and then uh, we'll read them all. I'll give you guys a moment to think of a few. But somebody brought it up yesterday after we finally turned the microphones off about this whole Nirvana baby thing that is going on with the guy who was on the cover of Nevermind. And now he's going on to sue the band for, I couldn't believe it when I read this. He's got 15 people in this lawsuit, some of which are the estate of Kurt Cobain, Courtney Love, Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic. I don't know if Pat Smear, who played with Nirvana, not on that record. I'm not sure if he was, they didn't name everybody, but they named about 15 people. Uh, they said there was 15 people. They named about five. But he's looking for $150,000 a piece. Everybody loves like, you know, smells like teen spirit and come as you are. But I think this is the best Nirvana song. And it's so good. And if you go back and you watch this live, I guess not the live, but the recording of it, of Unplugged, Nirvana Unplugged. Right before they start this song, Kurt says, you guys want me to go ahead and play this on my own? And uh, they go, yeah, that's fine. And Dave Grohl goes, hey, Pat, you got to smoke. And then Pat Smear stands up and they go smoke together while Kurt Cobain plays the song. I didn't even, I never realized it. It's so good, man. Uh, but to go back and read about this thing is, so at the 15th, 17th, no, 15th, 17th, 20th, and 25th anniversary, this kid went on and recreated that iconic photo. And he said many times about how nice it is to be a part of something. And this was last night on Chris, uh, the uh, Chris Cuomo show. I don't know exactly what they call it on CNN. I'm not a big fan. I don't watch court, like network news. It's too much. I can't do the Foxes. I can't do the CNNs. I can't. It's goddamn. It's too much. So I usually just try to step away from it. But last night, my sister turned me on to this and said that Chris Cuomo was talking about it. But this is him talking to the lawyer of this kid. I I have his name written down. I, I feel like it's one of these things. I'm, I'm not even going to mention it. But anyways, this was last night with Chris Cuomo. Remember this album? 
Everybody does. That baby from their cover art, his name was Spencer Eldon. He's no baby anymore. You want to feel old? He's 30. And he's suing Nirvana for, quote, child pornography. Now, here's some context. In 2007, um, Spencer said he finds it kind of creepy that many people have seen me naked. I feel like the world's biggest porn star. On the other hand, he's often recreated the photo several times. The guy supposedly has never mind tatted on his chest. Okay, can I pause this for a second? Baby genitalia, whether you had babysitters or you had to do like a photo shoot that your parents wanted, at some point, everyone's going to see your stuff. You're a baby. It's just, it's out there. That's the what do you want people to do? You want a babysitter to not change your diapers? You just want like, that's how it works, man. Nurses see you. Doctors see you. You just, you're naked. That's what it is. You're naked. I don't know what else to tell you, my man. You're just, that's how it rolls. Anyway, let's keep going. CNN has reached out to the defendants in the case. Uh, we've yet to hear back. Joining us now is Eldon's attorney, Maggie Maybe. It's good to have you, counselor. Uh, part of the lyrics of that song is, I found it hard. It's hard to find. Oh, well, whatever. Never mind. I'm a little bit like that with your complaint. That's why I want to talk to you about it. I get you bringing a claim that he was never paid, or I guess his legal guardians or parents weren't paid for the photo. That's a compl- uh, that's a, a complaint I could understand. You might be told by statute of limitations on it, but how do you get to pornography here? So our firm centralizes our practice in child pornography litigation. And when you look at the case law here, you look at the dosed factors that will help a jury determine whether or not an image constitutes child pornography. One of those factors, which is very clear here in the image, is that the focal point of the image is the minor's genitalia. It's absolutely not. It's If you look at that photo, it's not. I mean, obviously, at some point you realize that there is a naked baby on there. But the dollar bill dangling in front of that kid, that kid's face and that dollar bill are far more prominent, far more prominent. And he even brings it up here in this. I think he brings it up here next. Hang on, because I was going to make this point, but he already made it. So we'll just let Chris Cuomo say it. And here in that image, along with all of the other dose factors, as we've pled in our complaint, it's a very over-sexualized image, and it does constitute child pornography. It's not. More importantly, it was child exploitation in the way that they created it and the way that they continue to distribute, distribute the image today. It was taken at like a YMCA in Calabasas. That's ex- it was a family friend who took the photo. Exploitation. It's not like they set up like like there wasn't like a lighting rig and a grip on hand to put this up. Ah. Well, look, again, the second part of that, I could see him having a claim against his parents. Right. This was their decision. Um, but that's one issue where they compensated. Did they know? Everybody's going to be familiar with that. But the other part of this. I don't ever remember anybody ever writing or anything being out there in society about this image as a sexualized or pornographic image. I always thought that it was a suggestion of how right out of the womb people are just grabbing for money and doing anything they can. I thought it was more about capitalism than it was sexuality. It's art. We talked about this yesterday. It's art. There's, there's no two ways around it. It's 1,000%. It's art. Uh, why are you so sure about your position? And why is he bringing it now after all these years of seeming to be okay with it? 
I'm sure of the position because if you look at the case law and the dose factors and you analyze this image compared to those factors, it very much constitutes child pornography. And I think the reason that Spencer is bringing this suit now is because he's about to face a very large invasion of his privacy yet again at the 30th anniversary. And when that album is released, he expects for his privacy to be invaded and this display of his genitalia to be put all across the world yet again. Spencer wants this image redacted. He is saying that he doesn't want his genitalia out there for the world to consume any longer. And if we have this image redacted, that will be a monumental signal for all victims of child pornography that their voices are being heard and their privacy is being respected. Yeah, but it's not like your 30-year-old cock is all over the internet. It's you as a baby. When Tara Reid's tit falls out, she has a claim. Hey, stop sharing it, you guys. God, I'm like 39. Knock it off. When it happens to adults back in 2014, when everybody had their iClouds hacked and Jessica Alba and Jennifer Lawrence and everybody had all their... Fi- yes, you have a claim. But dude, you're 30 years ago... Now, I get if you weren't compensated because that album sold 30 million records. And even if you got... You know, three pennies of every sale. Dude, you're making a shitload of money. So does he deserve to be compensated for that photo? Absolutely. But you can't be bringing this on to the band and everybody else. They were given that photo, you know, either through your parents or through some sort. There's got to be some sort of network. You can't just like, especially for something that big and to have been a part of society for that long. And then it doesn't like you don't you never make a claim until 30 years later. I mean, just say it, dude. The 30-year anniversary is coming up, and you're afraid you might not get a dollar out of it. Uh, as Janine says, he create, recreated it how many years ago? He's recreated it like five times. It was I, I read this earlier. It was the 15th, the 17th, the 20th, and the 25th. So the four times. I'm sure he's probably got another one in there somewhere. But the four times that he's recreated it. So the 30th anniversary is coming up. Why don't you drop a line to Dave and to Chris Novoselic and go, Hey, man. Fucking, why don't you throw a couple bucks my way? You guys want to do a reunion show? I mean, I can't imagine you find anybody to sing Kurt's part, but if you guys want to get together, I'll, I'll come and hang. You know, I'm probably not going to get naked in front of everybody. I was kind of hoping for Andrew Cuomo to show up last night on the show, though. That'd have been great. Uh, these uh, people who make the false claims, they got no footing. Now, if you were to ask the B-girl from Blind Melon, if she was going to go back and sue, she would probably say no. Maybe if you were to ask Jeremy from Pearl Jam, was he going to go back and maybe take a couple of dollars from the band? No. I don't think so. These are false claims. And I know Jeremy. Good boy a good boy uh so i'm hoping that this whole goddamn thing is gonna go away i gotta go back and read some comments here because i'm kind of getting off track uh let's see think he was getting uh let's see bethany think he was getting with someone and they said i should have known it from a small album cover (laughs) uh sissy money grab just like the cover yeah exactly it depicts like our infatuation with money from the get-go does it not i know Seems silly. Uh, Amanda, LOL, I was going to say that. He was a baby. If it still looks the same, then there's an issue. Yeah, it's not that... 
It's not the same. It's 1,000% not the same. Nurses see you naked. Doctors see you naked. Babysitters have to change your diapers. Like, dude, people have seen it. Just get over it. It's different when you're older. Like, I have seen, obviously, ask any parent. You have seen your kids naked a thousand times. But now that my daughter's 13, I'd be mortified if I saw her naked. Since like the age of like five, I was like, okay, I think we're past this now. I never need to ever see you with no clothes on ever again. Never again. We're good. I don't know if it's different for every family. I'm just saying. Uh, Jamie, how many dick pics do you think that dude has sent? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. I mean, probably none with a dollar bill and a hook attached to it, but I'm just saying. Uh, Then let's talk about parents posting pictures of their crotch fruits in the tub on social media. That, to me, is much more disturbing than this album cover. When parents are giving birth at home on their own in a bathtub, that, to me, is like, holy shit. Dude, this is not the Wild West. You're not living... This isn't 1949 and you're on a gold rush, okay? Jesus Christ, could you just go to the... I get that people sometimes don't want to be in hospitals. That's fine. But let's get some people on board here that might know what they're doing. Because that freaks me. If you were that... Imagine like being like 27 and then just one day rocking around the internet. And you come across a video of your mom just birthing you in your bathtub. And you're like, what the... What the fuck? Why did you not have professionals on hand? What is your problem? Uh, reading a few more comments here. Let's see. Maximilian, I just don't think it constitutes porn like no one is getting off on the cover of the record. I don't either. No, I, I yeah, I, exactly. I'm not a big fan. Don't like it. Uh, before we move on here, just a second, we did talk about earlier that if there are any sort of movies that we call a green light movie, or excuse me, a green flag movie, movies that you watch and somebody says, I love that movie. And you go, I know, I, I trust you. I love you. You're a good person. If you got some, throw, throw one in the comments and uh, we'll read them here in just a minute. In the meantime, for everybody else hopping on to the Instagram live feed merchandise, find it now, rudypovich.com. You can also get on board for the uh, September 9th show over at Twin Cities Film Fest. I'll be showing a couple of shorts that night. My comedic short, Raising a Daughter, plus doing stand-up that night. If you want some tickets, let me know. I'll try to get you in. I think I got a few uh, passes on the guest list. So, All right. Green flag movies. Going back and reading some of these here for just a moment. Let's see what we got. I read one earlier, and I was like, oh, man, that was so good. I think it came from... Okay, here we go. Amanda writes, Skeleton Twins, Phenomenal. Skeleton Twins starring Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig. One of the best lip-syncing montages I've ever seen. They do Starships, um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, Princess Bride, that's way up there for sure. Goonies, here's the thing about Goonies. Had this conversation the other night with someone. Goonies, great movie in parts. The sum of its parts do not equal a great whole. I've gone back and watched that movie as an adult, and I'm like, eh. I don't know if it's as good as what I remember it being. But I've also done that with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Loved it when I was 13. Tried it with my daughter about nine months ago. We got nine minutes in, and she's like, this is the dumbest piece of shit I've ever seen. I was like, what happened? What happened to this movie? Spaceballs is the same way. I loved it when I was a kid. I see a Schwartz is as big as mine doesn't make me laugh now. I don't know why. John Candy's still great in it. Bill Pullman, amazing in it. Just the parts. There's great parts. There's great scenes. 
but just as a whole, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know why, but Skeleton Twins? Yeah, that's a good one. If I hear somebody say Skeleton Twins, I'm in, man, for sure. Uh, Jamie, Glory, that thing you do, everybody pisses on that movie. I don't know why. It's a great one. I don't think the critics loved it as much as, oh, actually, let me rephrase that. Critics loved it. Audience sort of was, you know, so-so about it, I think. But it's so good. It's so good. I mean, the music in it is very well written. Tom Hanks is so good in that movie. Uh, Let's see. Seven, another great one. Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. Simon Pegg. That's like Simon Pegg at his powers. That is like right after, uh, what was it? Uh, So Shaun of the Dead. And then there was a couple that was like Run, Fat Boy, Run. And then Hot Fuzz came out. And it was exactly what you wanted from those guys. Oh, it was so good. Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I think my daughter and I watched it a couple of years ago. I think I like this. David Spade is in that movie. Is he not? I can't remember. Uh, Sissy says Breakfast Club, another phenomenal movie. We're kind of at that point right now with my kid where if I tried to show her some of like the 16 candles and the Breakfast Club, I think it would just fall on deaf ears. She wouldn't really quite understand it. But we're almost there. Because there's a few movies we've watched where she's loved. Happy Gilmore loves it. Billy Madison loves it. All the stuff that we dug. Uh, let's see if there's any more here, like way towards the top. Because I had kind of gone off a little bit on the whole Nirvana thing. All right, let's see if anybody else. Blazing Saddles, says Janine. You, you can't make that movie nowadays. It's absolutely impossible. There's no way you can make that movie. Because it's, <laughs> it's so... I mean... The racist undertones of that movie. I don't say undertones, the tones of racism in that movie. You could get away with so much more back then. And there's not a chance. They couldn't even make a, a like a, a lesser version of that movie. Uh, Jamie, yep, David Spade, John Goodman. Oh, Patrick Warburton too. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, Anna, Rocky Horror. I get that people like Rocky Horror, but much like Goonies, great parts for me, it doesn't equal up. I get people want to go and go to the theater, hang out. Um, I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show at a place in La Crosse, Wisconsin called the shit. What theater is that? It's like a dollar theater. All the movies that have basically left the, it's kind of like in between right before they get to DVD, but haven't really been in the big theaters for a while. They used to go to this place, the Rivoli. That's what, yeah. And every year they did a Rocky Horror Picture Show and I would never dress up. It's not my thing. But I went and saw it with other people that did dress up, and they loved it, man. And I get it. I get why you'd be on board with it. The room. When the room comes around and people get together and throw the football and do the sporks, and man, that is, it's such a a cult classic. Uh, Tara, Boondock Saints, another good one, man. Oh, so good. Yeah. Listen, you watch that movie, I trust you. Lynn, Dodgeball, just watched it three nights ago. I haven't seen it in so, odd, so good. Uh, let's see, Dom, Dombrovsky, Back to the Future, another great one, man, another great one, um, thing about Back to the Future is now that we are well past the time that they already traveled into, you go back and you watch that movie, so many great Easter eggs, so many amazing Easter eggs about it, I didn't know this, if you look at the title, or the, the name of the mall, I think it's called, is it called Two Pines, Two Pines Mall, Something like that, right? And then in the movie, when he travels back in time, there's two pines, and he goes to the spot where the mall is, but he runs one of the pines over, and then when they go back into the future, 
to the current time, the mall is called Single Pine Mall. You never would have known that until like the internet it was invented. Because that shit, nobody would just like pick up on that and be like, did you notice? No, nobody would have known. Until you go back and you watch it, you're like, God, man, it's great. Sissy, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Uh, big Disney adventures like that are just fun to just let your mind go. To just sit down and just, for no other reason than to just be like, I don't want to fucking think about anything. I just want to look at really good swashbuckling. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp, add Johnny Depp in his, in his prime, for sure. Uh, let's see what else we got. Groundhog day. That's absolutely another one for sure. Uh, anything else? Oh, three amigos, three amigos. Another one that gets kind of crapped on. Not a great, great movie, but I do like it. I will sit down. I will watch it for sure. Um, that's a big one. All right. Uh, Detroit rock city. Ah, another great one. Uh, one of the, uh, there's a classic line in that movie where the guys are on their way to Detroit to go watch kiss and they see a girl walking down a, a highway and they pull up to go pick her up. And one of the guys in the car is like, I don't think so, man. I think this is a bad idea. Picking up just a single lady. This is how horror movies start. And one of the guys in the car turns around. He's like, yeah, but this is how they also start porno movies too, man. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. All right. So a couple people asking like, what are mine? All right. So I got a couple that are kind of, uh, there's a couple that are way out there. That if you've seen it, it, you you know, you're in the know. First off, Windy City Heat. I showed that movie to my brother-in-law about five years ago. Windy City Heat, The only, here's the only way to describe it. It is a real movie about a fake movie that is being made by a guy who thinks it's a real movie, but in turn, it's actually a documentary. Does that make sense? I can't explain it any other way except for it is the funniest goddamn thing you will ever see. The only place, and it's free, the only place you can find it, you can't rent it, the only place you can find it, the full movie is on YouTube. So if you got the app on a smart TV or if you're just going to fire up your laptop, Windy City Heat, that's a classic. Uh, Fubar, another Canadian classic. Fucking Diener, man. Goddamn Tron blows. If you're a part of, listen, if you know FUBAR, you're in on FUBAR. All right. That's another one. Uh, some of the more movies that I, I really loved as a kid that if somebody goes, Oh my God, it's like one of my favorites. Um, Chasing Amy from Kevin Smith was a movie that really, it was at such a pivotal point in my life about like dating people that you thought were out of your reach about being a part, being in a relationship with someone that you just didn't feel like you could live up to. And it was, that movie really put it into perspective for me, especially when uh, Kevin does the whole, you're chasing Amy. You're you're going after, uh, after somebody who you don't feel that you are adequate for because this person has so much life experience and it, you're so fragile when you're in your 20s. When you're like that, that, you know, age 19 to 25, you're so fragile and you just, there's this thing about being with someone that if it doesn't work out, that you will never be loved for the rest of your life. That this is, this, it makes or break. And there's just so much more life that you have to live. And to hear him give that whole soliloquy in a restaurant booth while all these guys are having this ridiculous conversation, that you know, that seven minutes of chasing Amy 
really put my life into perspective about, you know, you're never, ever going to be as if you put somebody up on a pedestal, it doesn't matter how high you think you get. You will never be able to get as high as they are because the further you keep going up, the further you keep putting them higher than you and you'll never get there. And it makes it difficult for it makes it difficult for them and for you. And you need to just be comfortable with where you're at now. You know, there's a line in there where he says at some point, you know, uh, this girl who lived this just incredibly chaotic yet fun lifestyle, um, you know, has given up all that so that she could hang out with your funny book making ass. And you got to remember, man, like sometimes people, it takes longer for some people to find, you know, that stability in life and to find somebody that they want to be with. It takes a long, long time. And I don't know, for whatever reason, that movie just like, Man, it was like one of those movies. I'd watch it like once every like four days and see, is there a little nugget of information in there that might be able to help me? So good. Uh, Dave, Chasing Amy followed by Mallrats. Followed by Mallrats? Guys, you mean like, oh, he made Chasing Amy and then followed it up with Mallrats? And then, a funny story about that though. If you are from Minnesota, um, the last time I saw Kevin Smith, he was doing a Q&A at the State Theater. And he told this great story because they filmed Mallrats here in Minnesota at the Eden Prairie Mall before it became the Eden Prairie Mall. Like the structure was up, like all the stores, they were still constructing all the stores, but they were filming in the mall while construction was going on because they kind of just needed a blank slate for all these shops, right? So they are, um, they, they, they do Chasing Amy and it's got Joey Lauren Adams who plays, um, what is her name in that movie? I'm in a space now. Man, I'm so t- fucking bad with names. Ah, it's so bad. Uh, let's see. Jamie, wasn't that shit in Rosedale? It wasn't Rosedale. Eden Prairie. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he's dating Joey Lauren Adams, right? And they did Chasing Amy together. And now she's a part of Mallrats and she's in Minnesota. And they are, they just rap. That, that morning, right? They do the last scenes. It's like 10 a.m. They rap. Their thing is they got to split. Uh, they got both got to go back to California. So before they go back and get on their flight, which is leaving at like two o'clock that afternoon, they run over. There's a Denny's that's kind of kitty corner from the Eden Prairie Center. And they sit out and Kevin's like, it's like if you walk in, you go to the left. It's the third booth, that booth right there. We sat down and we were having a, a we're having breakfast and the check comes and I pick it up. And as we are about to get up out of the booth. Joey grabs my hand and says, you need to sit out. I'm not going to California with you. In fact, I'm, I'm not going to be with you anymore. I'm actually on my way to Canada to go shoot another film. And this is, this is the end of our relationship. Now imagine <laughs> you, got, you, got one, you got two movies under your belt so far that are critically acclaimed. You got one you just wrapped on. You got a brand new girlfriend. Think, I mean, you're riding super high. You don't know if this next movie is going to be anything like the first two that you made. And now your girlfriend, who is way out of your league, mind you, I mean, super out of your league, decides to break up with you in a Denny's after you guys have some tremendous 12 and you got to get on a flight. So she got up and said, I have to make this quick because I have a car outside and I need to go. And we can't drive there together because I don't want to have this conversation because I got to stay focused. So if you could, please give me five minutes to get my shit and get out of the parking lot. And then 
I will go to the airport. Let me get through security. Then you can go. And he was like, what the fuck? He sits in this booth and balls his eyes out. Like, what just happened? I can't believe this, man. Like, I was in love with this girl. And you look back on life and you go, dude, it all worked out, right? I mean, Joey Lauren Adams had a really good career, had some great movies, you know, got to be a part of Jerry Maguire. I mean, all the indie stuff that she did. She's so good. So good. And then Kevin Smith, you know, going on and, you know, finding the love of his life, having a, you know, having a kid named Harley and man, like everything just sort of worked out for everybody. Right. But in that, I was, when you drive past that Denny's every once in a while, I think of that story and just go, Jesus, man. Like even, even when you think somebody's got it a thousand percent together, that stuff will come back and bite you in the ass. Uh, to go back to, uh, mall rats. So love mall rats. I get why people don't like it. It is. There are parts of that movie where I'm just like, what in the, what are we doing here? But then Affleck just starting to, you know, get his rise to fame. Um, all those guys, man. I, I was, it was such a great film. And even though I know Shannon Doherty was kind of a huge bitch back in the day, I get, you know, surviving cancer and like being a voice and everybody loves her now. So it's like, I don't know. You look back on it and just go, okay, I get it. Oh man, so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Chasing Amy's another one that I just like, man, I just watch it every single time. Multiplicity. Oh, Maximilian with the multiplicity. Forgot about that movie. Michael Keaton. Oh yeah. And I mentioned yesterday, the paper, you like the paper, you and I can hang out. That's a great movie. And I, I like that movie when I was young. I think that movie came out like 94, 95, 96, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, that is like, that's a classic, man. That's a, that's a really, really good. So I would say don't sleep on the paper. Go check it out. Randy Quaid. So good in that movie. Everything about it. One whole day in the life of media, man, you get a different perspective on it. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on Stitcher and every day, 945 AM. We go live on Instagram at Rudy underscore Povich. And once again, thank you guys for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.